0: I want to let you in on a secret. I never knew that there were different ways to tie my shoelaces until I had my own kids. Let me explain. When I was a kid, the person that showed me how to tie my shoelaces was my dad. And how he showed me was to tie a simple knot and then to make one loop with one lace and then to make another loop with the other lace. So they became like elephant ears or bunny ears. And then what you had to do was to tie the two loops together. And that's how I've tied my shoelaces all my life. And that's how my dad tied his shoelaces all his life. It wasn't until my first kid, Mark, arrived on the scene and I saw my wife teaching him how to tie his shoelaces that I actually realised there was a different way to tie them. Now, I know it might seem stupid, but how on earth did I not know that there were different ways to tie shoelaces? Well, I just didn't. It wasn't something that was brought to my attention until I observed it for myself when my wife was teaching my son. And what's more, when I try to tie my shoelaces in the way that my two kids have been taught, I find it extremely difficult. So I just give up and go back to the way I've always tied them, the way I've been taught. Even though way looks easier, I still tied them the way I've learned. And here's the thing. If you were to Google the different ways in how to tie shoelaces, you'll find that there's more than 15 different ways to tie shoelaces. It's amazing. Who would have taught? So why am I telling this story? Well, we all learn patterns and behaviours as we we're growing up. In this case, it was the pattern and behaviour of tying shoelaces. And when we realise that there's other ways of doing things, even though it might be easier, we still continue doing things the way we've always done them and in the pattern and behaviour that we learned from, in my case, from my dad. And when we realise that there's different ways of doing things, we actually feel a bit stupid, especially when the other ways are easier. And even when someone shows us a better way, even while it's easier, we find it difficult to do it, all because we're so used to doing it in the way we've always done it. So we continue playing out our patterns and our behaviors the way we've always done it throughout our whole life. That is until we stop. So where else in your life are you tying your shoelaces in the same way you've always done it? In other words, where else are you playing out the same patterns and behavior you've always played? And the answer is everywhere in your life until you consciously change the ways and how you do things and make the effort to change. And I'm not just talking about how you put your jumper on or how you put your jacket on or the order in which you eat your food or the sequence of things of what you do when you get out of bed in the morning to time that you actually go to your office. I'm talking about each and every aspect of your life. And while there are some patterns and behaviours that work for us, there are many, many more that don't work for the good of us. On an earlier episode that I called Work and Play, I spoke about beliefs, but there too are patterns and behaviours that are playing out. So it'd be good for you to listen or to even re-listen to that episode because you'll get a much deeper understanding of what the behavior is. One thing to know is that your patterns and your behaviors are external and internal. So what do I mean by that? Well, you have external behaviors in that that's the actions that you take. And also those behaviors will follow patterns. So in the case of tying your shoelaces, you will follow a sequence or a pattern of tying your shoelaces and you will take actions at each step. In other words, you pull the laces together to make them of even length. That's the action. Then you will tie a knot. That's the next action. And then you make two elephant ears or two bunny ears. And that's the next action. In other words, the actions will follow a pattern. You can't mess up the pattern or this whole sequence of actions. Otherwise, it's just not going to work. And you also have internal patterns and behaviors. Well, that's your thought patterns and the mind actions that you actually do. So when something happens or something is triggered, your mind will do something. In other words, it will start a thought pattern. Then with that thought, it will lead to the next thought and the next and so on. In other words, your thoughts follow a pattern and a behavior. That is, until you decide to do things differently and to think differently. So your passions and behaviors are external and internal, and they play out in every aspect of your life. Not only that, but they're also somewhat unconscious because we carry them out like as if we're on autopilot. We don't actively think about the passions and behaviours, we just do them automatically. And let me give you an example of one that comes up regularly for clients. And this is the one that everyone will be able to connect with. And that is where you seek permission to do something. And that can be to do something for yourself or for someone else. It doesn't matter. You'll still seek permission. And you'll do it on autopilot. That is, until you bring your conscious thinking to it. So let me show you how it plays out. Say, for example, you're with a partner or a spouse and you want to do something for yourself. That can be that you want to go for a walk on your own. You want to go play golf. You want to go on a trip on your own, whatever it might be. But because you're with your partner or your spouse, you feel you can't do it for whatever reason. The reason doesn't matter right now. So think of moments when you want to do something for yourself or by yourself but well, you're feeling difficulty in doing it because you're with your partner or with your spouse and you're concerned about what they might think. Have you got one? Well, hopefully you have and don't be afraid because everyone has multiple examples when they look hard enough and they're being really honest with themselves. So when you have an example for yourself, observe it. Observe what happens. You want to do something for yourself or by yourself, but you're concerned because you're with your partner or your spouse for whatever reason. It might be what they might think, what they might say, or how they might feel. There's a multitude of things. But you don't know how to approach it with your partner or your spouse. You're concerned either for yourself or for them. So you ruminate and ruminate. And before you know it, you don't do what it is that you want to do. Does Mm -hmm. it sound familiar? Well, it should do because it plays out in each and every aspect of your life and with and for everyone. It might not be your partner or your spouse, but there will be someone. Why is that? Because it's a passion and a behavior that you've learned. Just like how you learned how to tie your shoelaces, you play out a pattern and a behavior. So when it comes to doing something for yourself or for someone else, you seek permission. You might not overtly or consciously seek permission, but you still do it. And how do we learn this passion and behavior? Well, pretty much the same way we learned how to tie our shoelaces. You see, when you were a kid in school, if you wanted to do anything for yourself, you had to ask for permission. If you wanted to go to the toilet, you had to put your hand up until the teacher saw it, and then you had to verbally ask for permission to go to the toilet. And in Ireland, we had to say it in Irish. Now, right now, I can mentally hear all the Irish listeners laughing as they recall having to say that sentence. And for non-Irish listeners, what it translates into is, do I have permission to go out to the toilet? So for one of our most basic needs, we had to ask for permission. When it came to doing any activity in school, it was reliant on the teacher to tell us, or in other words, to allow us to do what it is that we want to do, whether it be to go out and play or to do an activity. Then when we were at home, we were taught to ask for permission to leave the dinner table. Or if we wanted to go out and play with our friends, we were taught to ask for permission. Or if we wanted to go to a party, we were taught to ask for permission. Think about it for yourself. All the times you had to ask for permission before you were able to do something for yourself. And if you've got young kids, think of all the times they come to you to ask for permission. Now, my kids are well growing up, but they still ask for permission in different ways. They may not see that they're asking permission, but that's ultimately what they're doing. They might ask for our opinion on something. But if you really dig deeper with them, really what they're doing is asking for permission. So when you can observe all the times your kids ask for permission, you can then realise how you too learned how to ask for permission to do something for yourself. And you still ask for permission to this day in many areas of your life. But when you're asking for permission, what's the impact? Firstly, for many, they don't see it as being that they're asking for permission. They see it as a general courtesy and so on. But that's not really the case. Because for many people, they end up not doing the things that they desire or want to do, whether it be for themselves or for others, because of the passion and behavior that comes up when they want to do it. And when that happens, then their confidence decreases. And if you've listened to my episode on building self-confidence, you remember that the three pillars are self-love, self-belief and self-worth. By asking for permission, you're diminishing your self-worth. And if one of the patterns that they learned as a kid was, if they asked for permission, they got denied or said no to most of the time, then you can imagine how that pattern is playing out for them in their life right now and how their confidence is. Is this deep? Yes, it really is. But you can see how it affects us achieving our full potential. Now I know the first thing that's going to come up for people is that they'll say that it's not about asking for permission from their spouse or their partner. It's about communicating with them what they're doing. Well that's one piece and of course communication is important in all relationships. But you will still find areas in your life where you will be unconsciously be asking for permission. And to add another layer onto it, the next thing that comes up for people is guilt. Guilt for them to do the things that they want to do for themselves or for others or, or guilt that they didn't go according to a set pattern. And let me explain this. Guilt comes from the perception that we have done something wrong or that we've hurt someone. In other words, that we broke a standard or an agreement or a rule or a law. In other words, we didn't follow the pattern we've been taught. We didn't ask for permission before doing something. And we've hurt someone else as a result. And so if we perceive that what we want to do is going to hurt someone else in some way, then we won't do it. Asking for permission and guilt are interlinked. So the question for you to ponder on is this. What patterns and behaviours are you playing out in your life? And where are you asking for permission or feeling guilty in some way? Where do you stop yourself from doing the things you want to do? Because just like the number of different ways that you can tie your shoelaces, there two are different and easier ways for you to achieve what it is that you want to achieve, simply by learning different patterns and behaviours and how you go about your life, and by dissolving the guilt. And if you want to know how, well, then just head over to my website, paulwilliamdavis.com, and reach out to me. Alternatively, come join us in our private group on Facebook, where I go deeper and I share more information to help you on your journey. Just head over to Facebook, search for Paul William Davis, or search for the executive code and you'll be able to find us. And if you can find us, the link is going to be in the description of this particular episode. And as always, sharing is caring. So please share the podcast with others to help spread the message. And make sure you're subscribed to the podcast so that you make sure you get all the episodes as they're released. And until next time, I wish you every success.